1: chilly breezy western Minnesota under frost advisories uh, for tonight Uh, chilly weekend for sure and then uh, things will gradually warm up in the coming week once again a frost advisory from the Canadian border all the way to the Iowa border and then points west parts of North Dakota and South Dakota under freeze warnings uh, tonight but uh, to give you an idea uh, Brainerd Fergus Falls Uh, St. Cloud, Morris, Wilmer, Marshall, Worthington, Laverne, all under that frost advisory tonight. Not quite that cold, but a low around 40 here in the cities. And Steve Carney joins us. And Steve, the uh, topsy-turvy weather continues, and that's got to be impacting fishing for sure.
2: Oh, yeah, Steve. Good afternoon. Um, The weather in a nutshell, it stinks. It's horrible. And we're going to have freezing, you know, temperatures up here in northwestern Minnesota. And it's really affecting the bite. I mean, everything is really delayed and stalled, I guess is the best way to describe it, is stalled. I mean, the crappies are not in shallow yet. And we've had, you know, a lot of wind. And it's been a really tough week. Um, fishing has been really good in southern Minnesota, southwestern Minnesota. I was down there for four or five days. It was really good. But once you get up into the northern, you know, two-thirds of Minnesota, it's a tough deal. And water temperatures are low 40s up here right now. And southern Minnesota, they were 64, 65. That's why the bite was so good. Um, so overall, the opener was, I would say, fairly successful Um, anybody down south, you know, did way better than anybody up north. Uh, Leech Lake was pretty good. I was kind of surprised on that. And Winnie was pretty good. Red Lake was good. But other than that, um, it was a tough go up north. And, you know, remember that ice went out maybe a week or 10 days, you know, before the opener. So, you know, that was very expected. But, we need some warmth, Steve. We've got Memorial Weekend coming up, which is normally really, really a good time to be on the water. And I'm hoping we get some 60s and 70s this week to get that water temperature up, because right now we're uh, we're hurting.
0: Yeah, and it
1: looks like we'll get there by the end of the week here in the cities anyway, that the temps are going to be trending in the right direction. You know, Steve, when you get into this and you get this cold weather and talk about a cold front, Uh, things are going to moderate slowly, but it it doesn't take long. It doesn't take many days uh, in the 70s or a jump into the 80s for for the water temps to go up really quick.
2: Yeah, we really need it, Steve. I mean, we have not had two days of sun and 70 degrees yet this spring. It's just not been happening. And I can tell because a lot of the fishing I've been doing the last couple of weeks, they really want live bait. And, you know, as things progress into the spring and the water warms up, you can start getting away with artificials and crankbaits and throwing plastics and all artificials, but they're not in that mode yet. They're still going for the live bait, very slow, very methodical. I'm using really small jigs, like 16-ounce jigs, and going very slow. So they're still kind of not quite there yet. They're off the spawn um, the big females aren't biting yet. They're recovering from the spawn. We're catching mostly males right now. So it is lagging behind maybe two weeks, I would have to say. And, you know, once things warm up, we get into the 50s, 55, 60, then they'll start cooperating on artificials and plastics and other than live bait. But right now, it's just a slow process. Um, basically, fathead minnows. We're not really in the crawler leech. Uh, issue yet, mainly because, you know, bait has been very hard to find throughout the state. Um, Shiner minnows were gone, like, on Friday before the opener. Very tough to find, and, you know, the minnow trappers are out there doing the best they can, but they're having the same, you know, problem with that cold weather, and those, you know, shiners aren't running like they should be, and leeches are running small, so it's going to be, you know, a little tricky on live bait here for a while, maybe for a couple of weeks. So, We're struggling to get by. We just need, you know, give me some 70s. I need some 70s.
1: Yeah, warm it up. I'm ready as well. By the way, Steve Carney Outdoors joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline on this Saturday afternoon. I I love it when you send photos. I live vicariously in the outdoors (laughs) through Steve Carney. Some beautiful fish. Tell us more.
2: Well, you know, the timing is right, Steve. You know, uh, that's why I went down to southern Minnesota, because I saw the temperatures, and it was kind of um, an educated guess. I was going to go south, and it worked out really well, and there's a tremendous evening bite going on right now from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. where the walleyes come in shallow, the crappies, and, you know, it just worked out really well, and I had four days, five days of stable weather, you know, just right before the opener. So, you know, when the stars align, you do well, and I was really happy about that. But up here now, it's uh, it's a whole different deal. So it's kind of the other shoe has come down. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for a little moderation up here. But so far, um, you know, southern and southwestern Minnesota has been really good, and a lot of the glacial lakes in South Dakota – you know, around Sisseton and Webster have been really good as well. Devil's Lake's been really good. So there are good things going on. You just have to uh, trailer your boat and go there. That's that's really the name of the game right now.
1: Yeah, the river uh, finally crested earlier in the week here in the Mississippi, and it's trending down. But uh, high water is a factor as well, particularly uh, rivers and streams are, are running pretty high right now, and that should calm down uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks as well because I know there's a lot of anglers that like to be out on the rivers and streams, and that that's really tough at the moment.
2: Well, you know, Steve, we've had so much wind this spring that it's really made our lakes very turbid. There's just been a lot of erosion and a lot of dirt and sand, and it's really turned a lot of these clear lakes into really dark lakes, which for fishing is really good, and you know the water levels are excellent. I mean, right now we've—I'm probably up maybe two feet up in Lakes Country, northern Minnesota, more wow. so than we were last year. That's a great thing. Uh, docks are in; people can get their bigger boats in um, now. The rivers, like you say, are cresting and dropping, so we're we're going to hit that period here now where the best fishing of the year is going to be in the next two to five weeks, assuming we get some warmth. So. At least the conditions, you know, a little bit improvement, but we've got higher water, which is good. So things are looking up. It, it looks a little bit better now than it was last spring.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're uh, we're going to be in a mode where Steve Kearney gets about three hours of sleep a night, if that, because yeah, he's gonna be yes, going to. Yes, I'm. Time. I'm
2: very stressed. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I just I miss the 70s and and light winds. I, I I've been on my knees praying every night. Can I have one day? <laughs> Of no yeah. wind and 70. Please, just one. And I can't even get that. But I'm praying hard, Steve. I'm praying yeah.
1: hard. Yeah. Maybe by the end of the week. All right. Steve, good to visit with you. We'll, we'll do it again next week.
2: All right. Sounds great, Steve. Take a great day.
1: Yeah. Steve Carney and Steve Carney Outdoor has been joining us for years on the weekends. Here at News Talk, e 3 C C O and joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Quick break, we'll come back. Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press, Minnesota United FC. Uh, they've hit a bump in the road, and they've got a big challenge on the road at Dallas. They're, they're phenomenal at home, and the Loons, not so good on the road. Uh, something's got to give. We'll get into that with Andy in a bit here on News Talk. e 3 C C O. Mito Pereira leading the PGA at Chile's Southern Hills in Tulsa. A couple of bogeys. Uh, he's finished nine holes at minus eight. Bubba Watson, Will Zalatoris at minus five. Justin Thomas in a group at minus four, tied for four. So uh, tough scoring day in the wind in Tulsa. we'll check that leaderboard again a little bit later on in the hour. Uh... Tough go of it lately for Minnesota United FC, uh, they will take on mc Dallas tomorrow at 6 p.m. down in Big D at Toyota Stadium. And the uh, loons have struggled as of late. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And the man who covers them for the Pioneer Press and online at TwinCities.com is uh, Andy Greeter. Andy, it's been a while. How you been? I'm
3: good, man. Yeah, it has been has been a little bit. How you been?
1: Good, good. Now, now, I understand you've been out and about today. Art of World weekend. Tell us more.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of wandering the streets of Northeast, checking out some art in, in some of the different buildings down here from, you know, the Casket Arts Building and the Indeed Building and just kind of uh, walking the old hogs. We used to live, the wife and I, down in this neighborhood and just kind of on our way to uh, another building to check out some art, maybe get a drink along the way.
1: Yeah, it it is extraordinary, the talent. Um, just incredible. As a matter of fact, my oldest daughter and her boyfriend live in that neck of the woods. Just absolutely love uh that that part of town. Good stuff for sure. So Art of World weekend, uh check it out. A lot of talented artists uh and stuff on display. So a great weekend to be out and about. Uh Andy, I, I mentioned at the top with the loons, it, it's really been a struggle lately. And and that game against Cincinnati may have been the low point of the season.
3: Uh, Yeah, you know, they went into the season uh, with the aim of trying to get a top four spot in the Western Conference and get a home playoff game and try and see if they can make some noise once they get to the playoffs. Well, uh, third way into the season, they're sitting in ninth place and have struggled to to win at home uh, to score enough goals. And they are in a decent spot. They're not in a terrible spot. There's kind of a log jam in the, in the bottom half of the Western Conference, and they're in that spot because their goalkeeper, Dane St. Clair, has been tremendous. He's you know one of the best in MLS and in shot stopping. And without him, they'd be in a much worse spot because they haven't been able to score enough goals. They haven't done well enough at home. Uh, what's interesting is I was running through some numbers yesterday for a story for the Pioneer Press. and you know They have dropped more points in their first seven games at Allianz Field this season than they have at any home season to date. And this is including, you know, two really awful years in 17 and 18 when they were playing at then TCF Bank Stadium and were kind of shipping in goals conceded by the bucket load. So it's just remarkable that they've struggled as much as they have just given the expectation that they have. And, you know, we're third third way through the season and they've got quite a bit of work to do.
1: Yeah, and I, I go back to Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. Th- yeah. that That's one you have to have. And, and I watched uh, a good portion of that game, and yeah. you, you walk away really with an empty feeling. that that That's one you're going to remember later in the season.
3: Yeah, for sure. And Cincinnati's actually kind of showed themselves to be a, a better team than they have to the start of their MLS era. But, yeah, I mean, to have a game that's 0-0, to try to, you know, get a home point to give up a goal in the 93rd minute, the way that they did, you know, which was the latest goal that they've had given up at, at Allianz field and kind of speaks to my earlier point about, you know, how many points they've dropped at home, how they haven't been locked down at home. Usually you want, you know, two to three points at home and you want, you know, maybe one to two points on average on the road and to, you know, lose all three points to an FC Cincinnati team that has struggled to give up a goal the way that they did, which was kind of a kind of a late kind of checkout of the game, like or oh, we're just trying to see it out, um, really um set the stage for Adrian Heath to have a, you know, team meeting over the last week and say, hey, we need to have responsibility, we need to have accountability. We can't check out in moments of games because all of these points matter. And right now they are, you know, probably one point two five points per game on average this season. And they need to, you know, get up to 1.55. That means they need to make up half a point a game over the next 25 games, 22 games, to be able to make the playoffs and get a home playoff spot. So a lot like last year when they started off 0-4, they've got a big uphill climb to try to get a home playoff game, which they weren't able to do last year. And that's why they bowed out early on in the playoffs a year ago.
1: Yeah. And uh, as I mentioned as well, Uh, early in our chat, uh, on the road at uh, Dallas, and that's going to be a challenge. They they are lights out at home.
3: Yeah, they've got Jesus Ferreira, uh, who is the golden boot leader, the leading scorer in MLS, uh, which is great for the U.S. men's national team because he's probably the early favorite to be the striker uh, when the, the Americans go to Qatar this fall. But it's bad news for Minnesota United because you've got to try to stop a guy who showed, you know, incredible pace, uh, incredible finishing ability. I think he's got nine goals on the year. He's really the main threat for that team, and uh, you know, a team that's kind of surprising. A lot of people, I think, they're second or third in the East, and Minnesota you know, has to go on the road and, and at least get one point, and, and maybe get three to kind of reverse the course that they
1: had through the first third of the season. And and there's there's a lot going on right now, uh, with with the the scheduled games in m l s and u s open cup so there's there's a lot going on,
3: yeah, so you know Minnesota United's won two games in the in the national tournament, like you said the u s Open Cup, and they've got a third game coming up on Wednesday against Union Omaha, which is a third division team m l s is the first division, and they're going to have a, a lower level team come in, kind of the the Cinderella kind of the underdog uh story kind of thing where they're coming into Minnesota here. And uh they're gonna play for the national tournament uh in the round of sixteen. And yeah, I mean it's just part of how soccer works, where you have multiple competitions going on at the same time and Minnesota's won two games and the last time this tournament happened, you know, they went all the way to the to the final and lost to Atlanta in twenty nineteen. So they've they've had a taste of going on the run and trying to get hardware, which they haven't been able to do in six years of this franchise is is, you know, win a win a trophy. So this is an opportunity and maybe arguably the best opportunity they have just given their league form of of kind of going on a run and, and being able to win a, a national trophy in the US Open Cup.
1: I, I want to get your thoughts on another story that just blew up earlier in the week, and that yeah. is that uh Lionel Messi was coming to MLS in Miami. Yeah. Now it's being, you know, denied all over the place. But for sure. a moment there it was like, What? Really? Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, if you you look at it, some of the biggest names in the sport have have already come and gone from MLS. So it's not far-fetched to say Lionel Messi is going to eventually come and play in MLS. There's a huge payday that's available for somebody like that, and it's a great opportunity for his brand. It's a great opportunity for the league. You You see it from Zlatan Ibrahimović. Uh, you see it from Gonzalo Higuain, Uh, you know, you've seen it from Wayne Rooney. There's a lot of, you know, kind of the marquee names in world soccer have eventually come here. And that's been part of the knock against MLS is that it was looked at as quote a retirement league that, you know, this is the, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th best league in the world. So you get these guys that are coming off of banner European careers that just are trying to catch another paycheck and, you know, retire and have some sponsorships and live the good life in the U.S. Um, So there's been a number of these kind of guys that have come through this league before, and some of them have had, you know, a lot of success. Some of them have found it out to be a lot more difficult than they kind of imagined. Gonzalo Higuain, you know, is one of the best players in Italy, came over to this league and said, you know, he'd be able to score goals and smoke cigarettes at the same time. So he's currently in the league, and he's not even playing in any games. Um, so the league has kind of shifted underneath it the feet of some of these european stars now i'm not saying that messi could not come in here and and score 20 goals a year he's obviously you know the best player in the world maybe the best player ever for a reason um but it's not far fetched to say he's going to come here and it's certainly not far fetched to say he's going to go to a place like miami
1: yeah really interesting story and uh, it, it's not only blown up, but a good thing for MLS to be on that stage, to be connected, that, hey, you know, Messi could be coming to the States to play. I mean, that that's not a bad thing for Major League Soccer.
3: Oh, no, not not at all, right? Obviously, like I like oh. I said earlier, you know, he's one of the best players ever yep. in the world, you know, just a dynamic player who's, you know, one of the leading scorers, one of the leading goal scorers ever. Um, obviously you want somebody like that to be associated with your league, especially at a club like Inter-Miami that's that's struggled in its first couple of years. So uh, I wouldn't, you know, not believe that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen right now. He's at Paris Saint-Germain, one of the top uh, teams in Europe, uh, in Paris, and he's got a number of years left at that stage. But I would not be shocked if he comes to MLS, and it, it wouldn't be the first time. Like I said, there's been a number of of top-flight European players that have come and, and, you know, made a lot of hay, and there's been others that have come and found a a way to struggle as well. I don't think Messi would be that kind of guy. I think he'd fill a lot of seats and and score a lot of goals if and when he gets here.
1: I I just remember what a huge deal it was. I'm old enough to remember when Pele came to the Met to play the kicks in the old North American Soccer League. It was a huge deal. And, you know, soccer was kind of like, what's what's this way back in the 70s? But when Pele came to town, that moved the meter big time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's
3: that's before my time. Obviously, that is transcendent when it comes to to Minnesota soccer. You know, look at David Beckham, you know, one of the best players in the world uh, who was at Manchester United for a long time, who MLS rewrote the rules to try to bring him in, to try to say, okay, we're willing to to spend above and beyond what our salary budget is to bring in these types of players that can move the needle, that get more people's attention, that, okay, yes, we might not follow soccer on a daily basis, but I know who Lionel Messi is. And MLS changed its rules to bring in David Beckham and, and those types of roster exemptions called designated players. Minnesota has a few, obviously nowhere near that kind of caliber, but, um, an opportunity to try to bring in higher price players that can try to raise the level of the league, and Lionel Messi would obviously do that tenfold.
1: Yeah, and TV money is going to drive it for sure. Hey, always good to visit with you, Andy. Enjoy the day. Uh, hopefully yeah. we can chat again soon.
3: Yep, sounds good, Steve.
1: All right, there he is, Andy Greeter, Pioneer Press, online TwinCities.com, uh, the Loons on the Road, Toyota Stadium, Frisco, Texas. That's where they play... Uh, the uh, FCS championship game that's been dominated by the North Dakota State Bison uh, for years. Uh, it'll be the Loons and uh, in Dallas tomorrow at 6 o'clock, our time. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll have the weather, and then we'll get started on the Twins Magazine show. Recap a Twins win over the Royals in Game 1, six to 6-4 on Friday night. And a uh, couple of guys who spent a fair amount of time in the minor leagues, Big part of the victory, Devin Smeltzer, the start and the win. And Jose Miranda, huge for the Saints a year ago, hasn't been so good for the Twins, but had a big night in a big spot. Uh, We'll recap that uh, when we get started on the Twins Magazine show. pregame show today at 30. First pitch at 6.10. Joe Ryan on the mound, Twins and Royals from Kansas City, coming up on News Talk, 830-WCCO.